so we're doing unbundling the iPhone today, which I think will be interesting. And I'm curious how you came across it because I came across it a little bit more from like a physical side than a digital side, but I think we can go in a lot of different ways here. You can go in a lot of different directions. You also want me to talk for a second about how I thought of the idea for this episode or no? Yeah, definitely. Okay, because I thought the background was helpful. So I'm taking a class in school right now called Building and Sustaining Successful Enterprises. This is Clayton Christensen's class that he started where you learn about disruption theory and stuff like that. And one of the frameworks that we talk about is this concept of modularization and interdependence or integration. And one of the two eyes. And the idea is basically like, you know, the bundling, unbundling, aggregation theory, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same. And the framework is basically the product experiences will start really poor. Then one company will come in and integrate the entire experience to one great experience. And then from there, it'll get picked apart and unbundled again and then rebundled. And the way we talked about it was through the lens of music rights and streaming over the past like 100 years or so, where, you know, you had people who were like, coming up with cassettes and then Sony came along and said, well, we're going to make the music player and we're also going to produce the music itself. And so they've integrated this whole entire experience. And then eventually MP3s came along and Apple said, okay, we're going to take that and we're going to build it into one amazing experience through an iPod, which is one device that's going to allow you to play all these MP3 files and the iTunes store, which is going to allow you to actually get that music and put it on there. And I think you, if you extend that even further today, what you now see is this like further unbundling of music where now music is like a button on an iPhone. And there's another company that's come along in Spotify that's built a multi-billion dollar opportunity just from that. And I think if you look at the iPhone itself and you think about the buttons and apps that are now built on an iPhone, a lot of companies have come along and basically like unbundled yeah. the experience from the iPhone. And there's been over a trillion dollars in market cap value that's been created just from people saying, maybe not explicitly, but people looking at experiences that Apple had come up with and said, I'm going to turn that into its own application. So music, Spotify, mail, superhuman, camera, snap, Instagram, chat, Slack, Discord, FaceTime, mm -hmm. Zoom, like there are all these companies that have basically come on and said, I'm going to take the components that Apple's come out with. And, and in the direction that you were talking about, like basically saying, well, there's a camera on here. Now what opportunities can I use with that camera? And so I, I agree with you that I came up with a lot more software ideas. I'm excited to see where you take the hardware ones as well. Uh, but I think it'll be cool to talk about. And I think that, you know, the canonical example of something you should unbundle is Craigslist and that's been picked apart forever. But I actually think the iPhone, or maybe even the Apple ecosystem more broadly is a really interesting one when you think about like all the different experiences that people have already unbundled and then turned into their own multi, multi, multi-billion dollar experiences. So yeah, excited to talk about it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's interesting. And I think, one thing that's interesting with the iPhone too is like the the apps on the iPhone that are included with on the iPhone are almost like fundamental things that you would want to do on a device and like take notes right or have an alarm clock or have a music player like these are just fundamental things but I think what it also speaks to is that no matter what like Apple creates, even with Apple Music, where they are trying to be the category winner, they can't be the category winner here yeah. in the category that they're trying to win. And then there's also tons of categories on the iPhone that they're not trying to win. They're just trying to like offer a simple experience and they're, you know, they're not investing everything in their company into it. So I think that just these, it's like thinking about, okay, like these are the what what is there's a ton of opportunity here in all of these different like verticals that are on the iPhone. 
A million percent agree. A million percent agree. I think that's really well said. Why don't we start with one of your ideas and we can go back and forth. All right, cool. So one idea that was coming to me was, all right, so everyone, most people use their iPhone as a alarm clock. And I think most people also know that it is bad to immediately pick up your phone in the morning and start scrolling on Twitter, Instagram, whatever app that most people use when they first wake up. So those are two things that most people do. They use their phone for an alarm clock and they know they're not supposed to. I think that there should be, so, so part of me, I think there should be some purpose driven physical device that is like a next generation alarm clock. When I was thinking about this idea, I'm like, wait, is this just an alarm clock? And it is, but I think there should be a morning device that's, this is the device that you're supposed to pick up in the morning, not your phone. And I think there could be something here where maybe maybe even like, like uh, somehow connects with your phone, but some, but maybe only connects with like a meditation app or, or Spotify or music or something like that. So you have your phone in another room. Maybe it even only works if your phone is, you know, 20 feet away from you or something like that. But just the idea of forcing you to put your phone outside of your room when, during your sleep to A, improve your sleep, B, improve your morning. So improve that first 30 minutes of your morning when you wake up, maybe the device, you know, has the weather, it has maybe meditations, guided meditations that you can listen to. Maybe it has like some sort of a light built in that slowly, gradually wakes you up. Like, I think there could be a lot of different things that you could do, or maybe then it, there's like streaks like involved with, oh, you, you know, 30 days without looking at your phone in the morning, something like that. So I think that some sort of a more, like a better alarm clock could be an interesting physical product that I think people might be interested in. I, I'm intrigued by this idea of a pared down iPhone. Like, have you followed this light phone trend at all? Yes. So that was also what uh, inspired me a little bit with this idea. And I think that's a whole nother, definitely an unbundled product on its own for sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. Totally. I 100% agree with that. I've also been wondering as I follow this category, like why could the iPhone not be the light phone, you know? And, and what I think that could look like is, is there a version of your phone where almost in the same way that you now have focus mode or do not disturb, it like shuts off some of the experience. Could you also have a mode on your phone that you activate where it's basically like a different profile that only has a certain number of apps on it and you could program it to be that way for a certain part of the day? Um, so I, I think I think that's a good question. And I think that the answer is definitely yes. I thought of that. I was thinking about that also. Like, should this morning device just be setting on your phone? A, I don't like that's not even possible on the iPhone to like fully lock it down in certain ways, right? Like Apple gives you some ability and that would be up to Apple to decide to do that. B, I think that there is actually a big difference between using a device that has, is like temporarily locked out of, the, like depends on if it's actually locked out or not, right? On a device that's separate, you actually cannot do certain things. And I think there's actually a huge difference between those two, whether it's psychologically or in practice, like there's a big difference between going on a jog with your phone in airplane mode versus going on a jog without your phone. And I think that that's the difference. Yeah, I just to further that point, I have a like a parental setting on my iPhone for Twitter. Like I have 30 minute, a 30 minute allowance every day. Every time I get to 30 minutes, I just check extend my time on Twitter. So it really doesn't do anything. I should probably just remove this feature because it, it doesn't stop me from going on Twitter <laughs> at all. It's just more of an annoyance at this point because it's like, OK, I have to click out of this feature to be able to you know use Twitter for more than 30 minutes a day. 
And I agree with you. And that's actually, from my own experience as someone who has almost every device in the Apple ecosystem, that's actually why I really like the watch. It's a way for me to use my phone less because I feel like I triage the things that actually come into me through my watch. And then, you know, don't have to pick up the phone every time it buzzes or someone calls me. I can set timers from it directly. In the morning, it's actually like my alarm clock because it'll buzz on my wrist instead of actually uh, making a sound through my phone. And it's one of the things I actually really like about the watch that's maybe not directly sold as the main feature of the watch, but it is a way for me to stop using my phone as much as I normally do. And I, I like it for that purpose. Do you ever turn off notifications on your watch? So like, you're not going to get anything on your watch? Yeah, I do. But it, it does it with the phone as well. So it, it'll either, if you put it on do not disturb on your phone, that you will also not get anything on your wrist and vice versa. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying though. And, and do you think that this is something that, because I also think this goes for nighttime routine as well. Like I try really hard not to look at my iPad or my phone before bed. I think my Kindle is really the furthest I'll go. So do you think that something like an e-ink reader or something like that, or an e-ink device that maybe won't even give you, or I guess you could even set up something on it. So it's not like actually producing any blue light at night or in the morning, or maybe it does in the morning, but like, do you think that satisfies it or no? Well, I, I think that I, I think that it could also be like it would almost be like a sleep device and you would use it an hour before you go to bed and an hour after you wake up. And it would also help you like I think the same the same thing where like let's say even you want to listen to like a podcast before you go to bed. It'd be the kind of thing where you could do it from this device and it wouldn't have like the screen that you would have to look at if you were using your phone. So even just different ways to get yourself away from, and then all of a sudden you're setting your podcast and then, oh, why not just check Twitter one more time? Because it's right there, you know? So I think that, that I, I think that like it would, it would be this like physical product to prevent you from, to like, it's almost like a brute force uh, attack on like your psychology of using your phone. I think yeah. that, I do think this would be like probably pretty niche, like even like the light phone, for example, which is this phone that like, I think it only does like text messages, like SMS, it doesn't download any apps or I think it only downloads music or something like that. I think the audience right now is like fairly niche for people who really want this type of thing, but I think it's growing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like the idea of, I, I like this generally there, even we've talked about this before too, where. I used to have a process where I would go to the gym in the morning and not take my phone because I really liked getting a break from my phone at some point during the day. And who needs to reach me from like 6.30 to 8.30 a.m.? Like no one really needs to get a hold of me. So it is actually nice. And I think it's probably not going to be quite as niche as we think. Like I wouldn't be shocked if there's going to be a way where Apple does build into the phone some way for you to be able to set a profile of like, these are the only things I can access at this time. And it's very hard to override or like you can determine how hard you want to make it for yourself to ride. I actually like that. Even if Apple built in, I mean, this is something that Apple would have to build in, but I, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they do. And even if it's something as simple as, okay, you have to like answer this math problem to, to override it. Like I think doing that one more step of like psychologically is going to make people a lot less likely to override it because it makes you think for another second oh do should i do i really want to do this or what's best for me and and, yeah this is actually okay you're you're jogging my memory of this and i don't know if we've talked about this before have i told you my idea for a push-up alarm clock oh remind me i i I think you've mentioned something like this before yeah 
it's similar to the math problem. I, I like the idea of there being a, a product where let's say it's like a mat and it can sense the amount of pressure you're putting on it. Mm. So you have to do like 10 pushups in order to turn off the alarm with the idea Ooh. being that if it, if it's like an active step that you have to take in order to wake up in the morning, you're not going to snooze anymore. And I love and, that actually. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 you got my brain working in that direction when you were mentioning the math problem. I think it's a similar concept of like, it's forcing you to wake up a little bit in order to actually get out of bed and reduce yeah. the likelihood of actually snoozing. I also really like that, like a really loud yoga mat that just plays really annoying music until you go and do 10 yeah. push-ups in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm imagining. I like that too. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I like that one. I, I think the light phone trend, I'm, I'm very curious to see how far it goes, but I think it definitely is. It's hitting a nerve that I think resonates with a lot of people. And so I think there's something into what you're saying that's definitely going to resonate as well. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. And then for anyone who wants to learn, like read more about that trend, the book, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, he is like all about unaddicting yourself from your phone. And he talks about the light phone in the book. Yeah, I never really followed him before. You mentioned his book and then I listened to him on Tim Ferriss. I actually really liked him. He's a good guest. Very interesting yeah. guy. Okay, I'm going to shift from that to what I think is the most criminally underused app on your iPhone. Do you want to guess what it is? All right, let me look real quick. And this is an app that is built into the iPhone? It ships with the iPhone, yeah. Okay, let's see here. I'm going to go to my apps. Let's see. I'm telling you that there's going to, there's a billion dollar opportunity for someone to come and use this in a more powerful way. Well, I mean, the first one I'm thinking of just before I look at a big list is the health app because that was, that's on my list, but not the one I was thinking two. of. Survey says two, number, uh, number two. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me see here real quick. All right. I'll give you 15 more seconds. And I'll just All right. It. Just tell me what do you, what, what's the one that you like? The application, my friend is shortcuts. Shortcuts. Ah, Matt, great, great app there. Okay. I like, I like where you're going here. Okay. Okay. I, I think you're going to like this too, because I think that someone should create the Zapier for your iPhone where it connects a bunch of apps on your iPhone. I'm imagining, okay, here are a couple different use cases. One, I have an event on my calendar. So that's one app. And my phone can check Google Maps to see how far the track or how much traffic there is between me and the location I need to get to. So it's a second app. Three, it can book me an Uber to actually get to that location at the right time. So I'm just imagining a way for there basically to be a personal assistant in your pocket that is AI using your phone and all the different applications you have on your phone. And I think there is a multi-billion dollar opportunity for actually building that and building people's so, favorite personal assistant. So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about Shortcuts. I haven't used it a lot. And I think for anyone who hasn't used it before, it, Shortcut is basically Zapier for, like they basically built Zapier for iOS masks and they built it into the iOS, correct? They did, yes. But no one uses it. So A, no one uses it. I think, so I guess the first question, why do you think nobody uses it? I think it's a cumbersome, well, one, I think it's not really well marketed by Apple. Like no one ever talks about it. And therefore I think it continues to be this thing that no one really uses. And then from there, I think, because you need a lot of these built in, I think that it's, I think there are two points. One is you, it relies on a like very specialized in order to build, make it a useful application. It needs to actually integrate with services that people use all the time. 
and be useful in that way. But it also relies upon people using third-party apps that Apple is not beholden to. So there aren't really what I think there needs to be is like some external developer that's building shortcut experiences that don't solely use Apple's applications. And I don't think Apple is going to build that themselves. Right. Like with shortcuts, you can't connect to like, can you connect to Gmail within shortcuts if you want to? I'd have to double check. I would imagine you probably could, or that there's like something that you could use, but I would imagine that it would be using the mail app and not necessarily. And you can't connect to Zapier, can you? Apple. No, what you can do. Okay. So here's how I initially got turned on to this. Is... Oh, are there webhooks? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So here's how I got turned on to this last summer. Last summer, I was working on an application that was trying to get, basically do like a step challenge between friends. And the way that I was ultimately getting people's step data, because they initially had to just input it manually, is mm -hmm. for people with iPhones, I set up the shortcut that I then shared with them, where they would basically, it would take their step count from Apple Health, because I couldn't like send a, you know, I couldn't interact through an API with individual people's health data accounts. I needed them to basically initiate this process. So this shortcut would basically go and get their steps and then hit a web an endpoint that I had created on my website and send the steps there. And then it would log it into a Google sheet and mm -hmm. all the information. But it, it was this like very cumbersome process, but at the same time, made me realize that there are a lot of powerful things that you could do in order to get applications interact with each other through an iPhone. And I wish that there were more of them. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that. I think also just talking about unbundling, just looking at the the shortcuts subreddit on Reddit, there's 243,000 people that have subscribed to that subreddit and are interested in, in shortcuts. I so love that as a proxy for like how much interest is there in a thing. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of interest. So, okay. A, I think, I think that's really cool. This makes me want to have like, a shortcuts education section on no code MBA. And that seems like there might be a really good opportunity there to, to be like a repository of shortcuts, how to use shortcuts, things like that. In terms of unbundling it on the iPhone, what are some ideas that you have there to, to turn it into a business? Yeah. So I would, I would personally, if I were running this, create a separate application, I would have it be a pretty similar interface where you could basically have like different applications that you would integrate. In, and have like very specific shortcuts created and even have like a third party list of shortcuts that would make it really easy for people to select what they want. Almost like ifttt.com if you've ever gone on there where they have these like pre-built out, okay, if you wanna connect these two services and have this outcome, then this is how you get it to work. And if you need to download the requisite apps in order to make that happen, great. Like if in my case, you need to download Google Maps and Uber or like in another case, let's say that when I leave the office, I want to automatically call Sammy and then ask her what she wants to eat. And then it'll process her order and then process and order it on DoorDash or something. So it, it could like- It'll build an AI to call your girlfriend and ask her what she wants to eat for dinner. <laughs> Actually, I, it's funny. I saw a tweet one time that was like, this guy wrote a Python script to text his girlfriend every morning say, you through the Twilio API. <laughs> Just say good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, I sent it to Sammy and I was like, wouldn't you kill me? And she was like, no, that's actually really funny. I love that. Imagine if you used G GPT-3 and it was like really like, you know, every day is a different text. <laughs> yeah. 
I think this was the same exact text, or maybe there was like one of a few that would rotate between. And then he had it also randomly select a time between like 8.05 and 8.15. So it looked like it was random every day and not just send it the exact same time. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Oh yeah, my God. Just, just really well done. But yeah, basically I would have like a separate app. It would use third-party apps because I just looked through shortcuts. The gallery does not include third-party applications. And I would have a bunch of the like common ones built out, but then also have like a, a shortcut store where other third-party yeah. developers could add their own or customize their own. What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the gallery right now. It's loading. And yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think... You know, so there is some things I can create a new tweet. So there are shortcuts that are you can embed with different apps. Oh, they do. Uh, have ones. It looks like they do because you can pull in like flight information from the American Airlines app. You can send an email. So it looks like apps themselves have to integrate with with shortcuts, essentially. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. I think. I mean, to me, I think the opportunity really is like there's the opportunity seems to be an education around this because no one knows why they should use shortcuts, how to use shortcuts, is it worth using shortcuts? So I think there's a lot of opportunity in education, which, like I said, I was like, I want, I, like, it makes me want to do it with no code MBA, but I think someone could also create a, you know, specific website for it. Maybe that it already exists, but. You yeah. still could. And I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't, if you can build an app that makes it easy for other people to build shortcuts that other people can buy access to or, or something around along those lines, I think that would be really valuable. Or if there was a way to more like some API that businesses could use, like other existing apps could use to easily hook into the shortcuts API, I think that would be really interesting because right now, like what's the incentive for an existing app to do? Like it might be a lot of work for them to actually hook that in. So maybe something like that could be interesting as well on the shortcuts. Like that. And especially like that you're going to make some no code content around it. So Apple recently, and I was, I was surprised that this wasn't a catalyst for it to take off a little bit more, but in the most recent Mac OS update, they added a shortcuts for your Mac as well. So it used to only be iPhone only, and then now you can have it go across your entire Apple ecosystem. Interesting. So you could even have some on your computer where, um, like, I, I like where Apple is heading with this, you know, focus mode, work mode, sleep mode, gaming mode, whatever. I think it would be cool to also have alternative ones where like, you know, that integrates more deeply with some of these shortcuts so that you could also not only do that, but you could also like maybe uh, right before a meeting starts, like start playing a two minute meditation or something like that. I don't know. I'm just mm -hmm. like throwing out random ideas, but just to connect different applications to things that are happening on your computer so that if you start to enter one of these modes and it like kicks off this sequence that you want to start up. Yeah, for sure. Cool. That's a great one. Yeah. I mean, I don't use the, the shortcuts app. I haven't really played with it much. It's a sleeper. So Do you use it for anything else in your daily life? No, I, I now don't use it at all, actually. Yeah. I yeah, used it all the time last summer. It's really cool, but I don't use it anymore. I mean, that might also be telling though, right? Like we don't use it. Like you, you've used it before and you haven't, you don't use it, right? So maybe there's something missing right now that's preventing people from actually getting value out of it. Yeah, or people just don't want it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. I don't know which one. All right, yeah. All right, back to you. What do you got? 
All right, let's see which do you want to do. All right, so the next one I'll do, which is, let me see here. Okay, so this one is, it's another one that is about focus. And I think that this is an interesting theme just because like these devices are, well, these devices are meant to be, make you productive. They can also make you really unproductive and they can be really distracting. And I think in a lot of cases, like having a separate device really is the best solution. So one, this is an idea that Sam had before. And I think it's a really great idea which is basically a device that it's essentially a writing device, like a laptop, but it's just meant for writing, just meant for blogging. It could be for writing tweets as well. Like just, it's literally just a focused device for writing. So imagine like a laptop that uses e-ink and it's like just really non-distracting. It just has a keyboard. It has a screen. All you can do on the screen is open like a, a writing doc essentially and, and write. And I think that a writing device like this would be actually really popular and there's only more and more people that want to write i think it's like even that in general seems to be something that's more you know trending just more of a trending thing so i think it's a really cool idea i remember at the time that he came up he was that we were talking about this there was a company that was trying to build this out i don't remember the name of it i could try and look it up but yeah in general i think that it's like just a writing device would be a really cool idea I agree. Is a company that you're thinking of Remarkable? Let me see. Actually, that's not the one because although Remarkable is also really cool, I think that Remarkable is, is, is really interesting. But the one that I'm thinking of has a keyboard as well. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you, you were reminding me of Remarkable with a keyboard as you were talking about this. Yeah, and exactly. So it, what it, Remarkable is, oh, I think it's called FreeWrite. FreeWrite, potentially... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Getfreewrite.com. That it's like just a keyboard with a with an e ink screen screen. Yeah. So I was thinking about Remarkable because it's actually gotten very popular at school. I know a lot of people who got them for taking yeah. it to class. Like they love bringing it to class. It's not distracting. Some other people will bring an iPad or something, but then they just end up going on like Twitter or Instagram or whatever while they're in class. So a lot of people yeah. are just really liking the idea that they could just sit there and focus quietly. Uh, and still have something where they can save all their notes and not have to bring a notebook, but not be distracted by anything else on there. And I can imagine that the same would be true for, you know, if you're writing or if you're trying to like spend dedicated time where you go to a coffee shop and you want to knock out uh, all your tweets for the week or something and just start lining them up. Yeah, totally. What do you say this is called? Freewrite. Getfreewrite.com. Getfreewrite.com. Ooh, this is cool. Like a typewriter. Yeah, and honestly, you could also use something like this, like for taking notes during class. I mean, it would be kind of hilarious. But, yeah. um, but honestly, it's it's probably better than than a remarkable for taking notes because you can actually type a lot faster than you can write with a pen. A thousand percent, yeah, dude, that's totally. I totally agree. This is cool. I had never heard of this before. I'm on the website right now. Free write. Get remarkable is cool too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I just think having a separate device is like humans just can't separate. Like you can't, you need a separate device. Like just using the same device, you're, you can't control, people can't control themselves. So I think that if you really want to control yourself, you have to give yourself a different uh, device. 
No, I agree. It's also funny. It, I'm looking at the website right now. I just clicked on their Instagram. I think that this company was probably created by one person. Because if you go to the Instagram through the company website, it just uh -huh. links this guy, Adam Lieb's account. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Wow. So it's probably just one guy who started this, which I love. Yeah, he really needs to like create a, like this product would be perfect for Instagram. He really need, needs to create a real Instagram. Or I'm maybe he just shocked that no one link. Yeah, I'm shocked that he's able to sell any of these without an Instagram. Yeah, let's see. No, he does have an Instagram with 22,000 followers. He just oh. hasn't um, linked. He just didn't, man, we need to send this guy a DM and tell him to, to link the correct Instagram. I know, he needs to go through his website a little bit more carefully. That's really funny. By the way, in two minutes, someone's coming into this room. So, um, okay. yeah. Cool. Okay, we can pause in two. We actually, I think I have a hard stop in like five minutes. So do you want to, do you want me to like do a run through of the other ideas I was thinking about that we can do some? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do a quick run through and then maybe we can do another. This will be a nice little short episode and maybe we can do a part two iPhone unbundling. I like it. Okay. So I was to your point thinking about health. I think there should be some experience that's built on top of your health data that gives you a dashboard into how you're doing every day. The clock, I was thinking about a workout timer app. Like there's a timer that I use. I think that there could be like other timers and clocks that you would use um, for that purpose. Reminders. I use reminders all the time. And I also text myself a lot of things. I think there could be like a personal notepad app or like some kind of personal reminders, some kind of like list. I don't know what it would be, but this, this like experience that a lot of people do of emailing themselves things, texting themselves things, setting reminders for themselves. There's maybe some better application to be built there. Uh, you might even use some yourself already. And one company that I'll just shout out that I think is interesting because they're basically trying to improve upon the camera that Apple built in is called Halide, H-A-L-I-D-E. And it's like a better camera experience. So they basically like took it and they built a new app that you pay for. And I paid mm -hmm. for it at some point because I don't remember why, but I have access to it. I like that. Hold on, let me let me hop off because I have to, someone's coming in, but just, do you want to pause for a second? Or yeah. just give me, I think that I can find a phone booth real quick. Yeah. I'll pause. Um, All right, we're back after that short hiatus. <laughs> all right, so yeah, I think those are all those are all great ideas. Definitely a lot we can riff on, riff on with those next time. Sweet, let's do it. We'll have to get around two in here at some point. You want to do some carve outs and we'll get you out of here? Uh, sure. All right, you go first. All right, I've got a few. One, I spent yesterday morning watching the F1 race, the first of the season, and watched the newest uh, season of Formula One Drive to Survive, which is fantastic if you have not seen it yet. It came out a week and a half ago. There are four seasons now. It's so good. So, so good. And also a really interesting case study in how this sport, which was already pretty big internationally, but not in the U.S., ultimately mm -hmm. became like this thing that now a lot of people are huge fans of all because of this part of Netflix. So really cool. The other is that I spent last week in Peru, which was a ton of fun. Machu Picchu was like a lifetime highlight. It's just gorgeous, super beautiful. And I highly recommend that everyone go. And then the last one they'll call out is the recent acquired LP episode with Brad Gerst, who runs Altimeter Capital. And I I'd never heard of it. Didn't really know about the guy, but has a really interesting life story. And I think just philosophy and generally on business building, venture, startups, and, and I think is extremely worth listening to. It's actually one of the things I'll call out there is Spotify has started doing videos along with podcasts. And I actually ended up watching the whole conversation, even though it was just like them talking about because I was just sitting on a flight. So it was, it was kind of interesting. I never expected that I would want that experience of not only listening to something, but also just watching people talk. And it was a great experience. I loved it.
That's awesome. Great. I have not listened to that that one yet. And same, I think it didn't like catch my attention immediately. So I didn't immediately like listen to it, but I will add that. All right, my carve outs. So first is in the past week, I've been spending a lot of time going deep into Bubble and learning how to build apps in Bubble. And it's really, really cool. I'm glad that I'm spending the time to do it. I think it'll also be really great additions to No Code MBA. And also just, I'm excited to now know how to build apps in Bubble because it really is more so than any other No Code tool, a very like, it's, it's an abstracted coding language. It's less like other No Code tools tend to be more opinionated and there's like it's better for specific use cases, whereas Bubble is really like you could build it for for just about any use case. And there's like pros and cons to it. A big pro is that it's just very flexible. Like it's just a coding language essentially. So really excited and glad that I spent the time to like go deep in it. And it, it did require like really investing the time to do it. But I think that also I'm excited now to like have these tutorials, which I think are gonna let anyone who wants to get started like i would spend like four hours trying to figure something out and then can explain it in 15 minutes in the video and i think that's like what my goal is going to be in these videos to like someone will be able to build out everything and you know i think that's generally with no code mba like the videos will help people build something in an hour instead of 10 hours so excited for that and num carve out number two is for anyone who is ever in Miami, you gotta go to Q, K-Y-U-U restaurant. Um, unbelievable food. You can't even describe it until you have it. Everything like you eat there, just there's like three flavors coming from three different directions and you can't even describe it. So good. So yeah, go to Q. Also they're opening one in New York. It, it's delayed, but apparently they're opening one there. And there's one in Mexico City as well. So that's my shout out. And ask for Eddie as your server. If you're in Miami. Yeah. If you're in Miami, ask for Steady Eddie 305. <laughs> cool. Cool, man. All right. I have to hop that, but anything else you want to add before we, before we end? No, I like this one. This is a cool topic. I, I like the unbundling episodes. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad we squeezed it in. Yeah, me too, dude. Good chatting.